podcast we are coming to you straight from thanksgiving week we are loaded up on tryptophan uh and all sorts of bad calories but good golf um john schofield here the host of sing second joined by my co-host and producer chris cervello fresh from the link shooting an 80 prepping for the club championship this weekend always tinkering always tinkering like Tiger returning to the course looking like he's 20 years old at the Hero World Challenge, Chris Cervello is ready for the club championship, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so happy you could join us. This is the 30th of November. December awaits us, and with December always comes the Army-Navy game, but there's stuff to discuss before then. Chris, let's talk a little bit about an awesome day trip I got to take to Dallas last weekend. That was right. super fun. Oh, yeah. uh, got on a plane at 6.30 in the morning, landed, went straight to a tailgate. Awesome tailgate, by the way. Uh, shout out to Jamie Cummings, uh, Ty from the Parents Clubs and the chapter down there in Dallas. Over 200 people uh, awaiting us Thanksgiving weekend uh, for a tailgate. So awesome, awesome time. But then we got in the stadium, and Chris, I think you can sum it up as well as anyone. You know, what, what happened when we took the field? Because it sure as hell was not pretty. Nothing happened when we took the field. I mean, the game was over in the first five minutes, sadly. Probably the worst Navy football game I've seen in a long time, uh, maybe since Charlie Weatherby. Not the game that I wanted to see going into the Army-Navy game. I mean, we knew SMU was good. We talked about it. Um, they just did not look good at all. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I can't point to one part of maybe the punting game I, I mean honestly we have a legit punter he gets plenty of practice um i mean that that kid's good <laughs> that would be all i would point to um so man i mean i and i'm not clowning on these guys i mean i know they work hard i hope that they're able to work hard this week and then next week and obviously the the eyes are trained toward army but you know the the biggest the biggest thing i can talk about with regard to smu and the concern i had standing on the sidelines you know, not from a not from a alumni association standpoint. As a fan of the game, I was worried that we weren't going to have people um, available for Army because they were getting smoked by the size and the athleticism of SMU. And again, you and I are the last people in in the world who were going to clown on Navy sports, Navy midshipmen, or the physical mission. But I'll tell you what. Standing out there on the field on Saturday against SMU, I was eerily reminded of when I walked out on the field at Notre Dame Stadium. My second year is the PAO. Admiral Carter and I are out there. We walked across the field, and you'll remember him. He played for the Cowboys. I walked right by a guy named Jalen Smith. Um, he was a linebacker for Notre Dame, was the presumptive number one pick in the draft that year until he tore his knee apart in the bowl game. Uh, but as I walked by him, I was like, this is not there, – there, like, there are things that you can take the blame for athletically and things that are just out of your hands, you know. And similar to my son losing to Archbishop Spalding in basketball the other night, 90 to 17, which is not a made-up <laughs> stat, um, it, was, it was very similar to, to how I felt against Notre Dame. SMU had that size. 
and this is what we talk about, right? I'm not making excuses, but this is what you hear from Brian Newberry and from other coaches and small programs that the transfer portal and the COVID year and NIL money have made this holy trifecta of things that just build better programs. And SMU on Saturday was a better program. They were bigger. They were faster. They looked like they could score at will. And the times when guys came out, to wrap up my point about being ready for Army, when, when Jaden Umbarger walked by me, actually was carried by me um, in the first half, I was I was worried about the safety of the players, and we lost like two or three, four guys yeah. uh, in that game. And I don't know what what Wags and Pete Medhurst have have revealed about you know the the availability of those guys as we lead up to Army. But here's Army taking three weeks off, and here we are playing on Thanksgiving weekend, getting smoked by a team that had like giants playing for them. I mean, that just is what it is. It, it is made, um, it is further complicated by um, NIL money and the transfer portal for sure. But I mean, that's that's kind of who we are, right? I mean, that's kind of when we beat Notre Dame once, twice, three times in a generation, um, why, why people go crazy. It's why when you, you, you know, you beat a, a ranked team, um, you, you know, every now and again that you, you feel good about it. I, I mean, again, you're right. Never want to clown on the guys. Cause I think they work very hard. I just get frustrated as a fan. Um, when I feel like they, they don't put the best product on the field. Right. And, uh, that's why I felt against, uh, SMU really hoping that that changes, uh, in two weeks. Well, we will give everyone a good preview of the Army game as we get into Army Week. We have some great interviews scheduled for Army Week. Um, it's being played up in Boston, as you know, so we're going to be talking to B.J. Farrell, the CEO of the USS Constitution. Uh, Army Week always comes with a lot of fun spirit spots, and who better to talk to about spirit spots than Ryland Tui? He'll be on our coverage next week as well. Um, and finally, we'll be joined by Jeff Webb, uh, the CEO and president of the Alumni Association and Foundation. Uh, he'll give us kind of a rundown of what the Alumni Association footprint will be in Boston and how we can better um, connect with you. Our guests in this week's show, we are really, really happy to talk to class of 71 grad, uh, former brigade commander, former member of the Football Brotherhood and really the creator of the current day, maybe Football Brotherhood, Mike Hekimovich. He is an ANSP trustee, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about ANSP and, and just his overall um, viewpoint on the importance of leadership at the academy. I'll tell you what, if you want some great advice and you want to hear from an amazing grad, uh, stay tuned to our interview with Mike Hekimovich here on this particular episode and we're really happy to talk to you know an aspiring business you know chris cervello had the great idea ladies and gentlemen to highlight alumni businesses on this pod and we're going to kick that off here with brian dunn uh he is the owner operator of the website called forever firsty an incredibly awesome uh website for your navy gear particularly as you're gearing up for army navy or maybe for your reunions next year Give our interview with Brian Dunn a listen. It is really, really awesome. That's what's so, awaiting you on this pod. Go ahead, so Chris. John, I have to foot stomp that. Like, I love Forever Firsty. And, and we don't get any money from Forever Firsty. I mean, would love to get some gear if uh, if Brian <laughs> wants to send it. I'm looking at their website. I go there once or twice, uh, I would say, a, a season just to kind of check stuff out. 
the holiday stuff is fantastic. I mean, the defund West Point is hilarious. Wow. Um, I love the beat army seasoning uh, that you know looks like Old Bay seasoning, and then right right in my heart is the uh, the humidor and cigar case. Um, oh yeah, I have plenty of humidors, but I am definitely buying a beat army cigar case for our army Navy party that we're going to have down here in Palm coast. So absolutely get to forever firsty, um, whether you're an old guy, like, like me, or you're a younger grad, they've got a bit of everything and kudos to them for what they've done. Yeah. I mean, if you guys think that Chris Ravello is full of Shatola, um, he literally, after uh, talking to Brian Dunn in this interview that you're going to hear on this podcast, Brian eventually told me, yeah, I already heard from Chris. He called me and wanted to like change the face on the Jolly AF sweatshirt. And <laughs> you know, uh, Chris Chris Cervello, if there's one thing he loves is gear, and uh, he will get involved in your business to get his favorite gear. So, a uh, really really good uh, interview awaiting us there. Hey, before we get to those, one more thing covering Navy athletics. This past Tuesday was Giving Tuesday. Uh, for Navy Athletics. And, and as we talk about on this pod and we talk about at the Alumni Association and Foundation, it is the spirit of philanthropy, the power of that philanthropy and giving uh, that really makes the Naval Academy go. And a lot of people don't know, and you'll hear it from Mike Hekimovich in this uh, interview coming up, you know, that only about 5% of funding from NAAA comes from the Pentagon. You know, this is all driven uh, by private support. Um, so this past Tuesday, uh, Giving Tuesday, is at this point an amazing success. I can tell you that as we record this on November 30th, just two days past Giving Tuesday, they have raised $774,000, um, $774,191 to be exact, a total number of 1,576 gifts. And, you know, we have to have a little shout out to friend of the pod, of all the sports, um, Navy water polo absolutely wins with 282 gifts for a total of $242,000, almost $243,000. And this is just a significant event. All of the sports raised a ton of money, even women's golf with a very like small number of, of grads and they're a very young sport raised nearly $5,000 on Giving Tuesday. So I have to tip my cap to the philanthropy that took place this week. Thank you for supporting Navy Athletics. Chris, as a supporter of Navy Athletics and as a member of the uh, President's Circle, you know, your thoughts on, on how Giving Tuesday continues to grow and grow and grow, like lean financial times. You know, Naval Academy grads always find a way to give back. Yeah, they do. Um, and, you know, it's hard when you're first uh, in the fleet. I get it. I mean, I, I didn't start giving until maybe the 15 year mark. Right. I mean, you, you know, one, you, you we've talked about this on this pod before, sort of your dynamic as a grad uh, changes. You, you start to think fondly or more fondly about um, graduating from the Naval Academy. Um, so I would encourage uh, all grads, new and old, but especially old, that may be a little bit better off, have a little bit of money, be looking uh, for a way to um, show uh, some support and some gratitude, um, whether it's Giving Tuesday or it's just any old Tuesday. Um, the Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation, the um, Athletic Association, I mean, great, great places to donate money. Couldn't have said it better myself, Christopher. I agree. And what a great segue now 
Let's get to our first interview. You want to talk about someone who was given back, given back to Navy athletics, given back to their alma mater, given back to the business community as a mentor. You know, it's a friend of the pod, Sean Gallagher, and many other Naval Academy graduates out there as a leader, as the former chairman of the Fiesta Bowl, um, you know, in, in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, really happy to talk to Mike Hekimovich. And so many thanks to him for his support of the pod and his alma mater throughout the years. Without any further ado, here's our interview with Mike. We are so happy to be joined by one of the Athletic and Scholarship Program's trustees, but he is so much more than that. The brigade commander from the great class of 1971. He's been a member of the class of 71's board of trustees for over 20 years. He continues to give back to the Naval Academy in so many ways. I am very happy to be joined by Mike Hekimovich. Heko, as we call him, is returning to the podcast the first time in this format as an alumni association and foundation shtick. Uh, but he used to, he came on the pod back when we were talking about sports and his time on the football team. And we'll talk a teeny bit about that. But Heko, after all of that introduction, um, welcome to the pod. And how are you doing? Uh, we're doing great, uh, John. We're getting ready for another uh, Army Navy event. Sandy and I are coming out. We'll leave next Wednesday and uh, looking for all the forward all the festivities and seeing old friends and, and being there to support uh, our school and uh, and the uh, the football team and uh, praying <laughs> for a victory. <laughs> well, we're, we're both hoping for that. And I'm glad you brought up the football team because not only did you play and not only do you give back, you know, not only with your wallet, but with your time and your volunteerism, you know, but you were central um, to really starting what a lot of people see today and know today as quote unquote, the Navy football brotherhood. Um, Frank Shank of the great class of 92, one of Chris Cervello's personal heroes, um, you know, has, has talked a lot about what, your role has been to the Brotherhood and to the Brotherhood organization, you know, and how you served as his mentor. But you and I have talked about how that football brotherhood could and should move beyond that, that there should be Navy, you know, Navy women's soccer sisterhoods and, and how so many of these record number of sports that we have at the Naval Academy could benefit, you know, from everything that you've put in place with the Brotherhood. Walk us through how that came to be. Well, for years, um, the old goats, as I like to call them, the great class of 67, 71, we used to talk a lot about how could we get engaged and, and help the physical mission at the academy and uh, support the football team. And um, it was always floated out that we ought to, we ought to create a brotherhood. And, uh, and I, got a, I was with Bob Havasey out of 67, and he said I, that Dave Church – was aware of a group that was trying to do something similar. And so I talked with David and, uh, and he put me in, in contact with Frank and it was love at first sight. Um, his ideas and what he was doing uh, were exactly the same as ours. And, and he quite frankly was down the road a little bit on it, but he didn't have any traction with the NAAA. And so I set up a meeting, unbeknownst <laughs> to him, kind of sprung chat on him at a, at a luncheon or a breakfast. And um and we were off and running because it had to be something that was sanctioned by uh, the NAAA because we needed access to the football coaching staff and um, for some of the things that we wanted to do. So that was basically uh, the inception of it. And Frank had done all the all the heavy lifting and everything else. And I just came in uh, and a few of the other guys, we, we gave a little money and uh, 
and a lot of ideas and a lot of support that we could uh, and, and helped him helped him create this this idea that uh, the brotherhood could be something that could support the mission of the not only the academy, but specifically the physical mission of the academy. And and that's how the genesis of it. And Frank's done a masterful job. You know, he's he's put together a really good board. Uh, I'm kind of a confidant, I guess you'd call me. I uh, talk with him on a regular basis about things that are going on. And it's evolving and getting bigger and bigger. But one of the thoughts that I had to the point that you asked, I hate to be so wordy, but. Uh, no, please. This is fascinating. Is the brotherhood sisterhood concept. And and I've talked to Chet about it over time. And he's always asked, well, who, who, who's going to pay to coordinate all this stuff? Because my concept was that we'd have somebody inside the academy uh, at the NAAA that would be a, 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 a uh, what's the right word, a coordinator uh, that would be a director of all the various sisterhood and brotherhoods that we could put together. And I envision one for every sport that we have. And it's it's a, a little mercenary reason in that, but I think it's a it's a it's a great way to get uh, our athletes, and that's about a third of the brigade um, involved uh, in the, in the physical mission. We activate them. Uh, we, we we give some value to them uh, through their sisterhood and brotherhood, uh, and um, and we make them feel connected from the get go. The the brotherhood is doing a series of. Uh, seminars for universities uh, that are getting ready to graduate in the football program. And actually, uh, I think Coach Newberry wants to extend it to everybody because it really addresses the four for 40 uh, concept where we have, we have alumni that are going in and, and giving them lectures on, on, on situations uh, or problems that they might be facing as they make a transition to, to the fleet. We talk about finance, we talk about career opportunities, and we actually break them out into groups where they're actually with uh, uh, alums, uh, former football players that are Airedales or they're going to Marine Corps, they're going surface warfare, they're going into the subs, so that they, they're talking to somebody that played football that has had a career in the specialty that they're looking at. Uh, and, and I think it's got tremendous value. And the 4 to 40 thing is if you extend it down that into the, to the play ranks, and you start uh, getting them introduced to successful alumni and talking about the issues that they're faced with, I think that our, um, uh, we'll be able to, to keep those folks that we work so hard to get in the academy. Sorry for the long, long version of it, but I've come to the conclusion that I think it probably would be best in the Alumni Association, that uh, the uh, ANSP uh, actually uh, raised the money and, and created it there yeah, because that is all. Those are all former Navy athletes, for the most part. Some aren't, but people that are really interested in a physical mission, and um, and 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 add that to what ANSP does, and uh, and I think it could be very successful. I think it could energize uh, the 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 grads. I think it would bring us closer to our midshipmen and make us a, a resource that that's uh, really connected. Well, it brings us right back to one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is fleshing out more about the athletic and scholarship programs, ANSP, you know, at the Alumni Association and, and Foundation. Yet Now, what this organization does is supports midshipmen and their support of excellence both on and off the field. The programs that are supported by ANSP provide critical resources, academic support, leadership development, as well as just straight stick athletic training 
facilities, weight rooms. You know, I was there a couple of weeks ago as Joanna Sohovich opened up a nutrition center um, for for athletes um, in Lejeune. So, you know, it contextualized for me a little bit more as a trustee and someone who's been so involved in ANSP, you know, what the value is that you bring to the Naval Academy, because people just think it's, you know, helping out athletes to go, you know, to the to the yard and and score four touchdowns or score 30 points in a basketball game. It's so much deeper than that. Oh, it is. And, it, and uh, it's important to their development and to the success uh, of our of our academy and the success that they have uh, grads have when they leave that they've been involved in athletics. Um I, I just think it's it's uh, super important to their their development that they have this kind of contact. But you were talking about Joanna, and she's a classic example. Uh, there, there, there's a very, very successful person that if she was talking to uh, cross-country track athletes, I think she could bring a, a lot to them in a, in a sisterhood type of an organization. Uh, and, uh, and they could be inspired by that. Uh, and they could, could reach for higher things in life. They could understand the process, but most importantly, they can understand that this four for 40 is real. It's not, it's not a myth, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, years now that we have with this on NIL and everything else, your NIL comes later in life because you, you've put it, you stuck it out at the Naval Academy and you have that pedigree. You have all the development that it's given you. You're a special person. You have the opportunity to do just about anything you want to do in this, in your life. And Joanna would be a classic example of that to all the ladies that are, that are in uh, track and field. And on the, on, and you probably could include the, the, the folks that are, 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 are doing other things in, uh, but uh, that's an example. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, for me, I, I don't want to be histrionic, but I love to talk about the symbiotic relationship, the supportive relationship that exists between USNA NAAA and AANF, you know, it's what, what I like to call my, my acronym soup there, but the Naval Academy, the Naval Academy Athletic Association, and now you have the Alumni Association and Foundation through that ANSP, could NAAA, could, could Chuck Gladchuck accomplish his mission um, at the Naval Academy Athletic Association if, it, if he did not have the support um, from the Alumni Association and Foundation? I don't think so. Uh, if, if Chet, I, and I think Chet would probably say the same thing. You know, the margin yeah. of excellence comes comes from all of this stuff. Uh, it's what makes us so good in all the various sports. And we're committed. Uh, there are only two schools in the country that are even in our league, Stanford and Ohio State. Uh, we're, we're significantly different than everybody else. And uh, we're allowed to do that because of the great work done by both the Alumni Association and the, and the uh, ANSP and, and the NAAA. The, most people don't realize this, but only 5% of the budget of the physical mission of the Naval Academy is paid for by the government. And that's unlike West Point and the Air Force Academy. Yeah, uh, very unlike. And because of the unique structure that we have, which um, I, the other schools are trying to get to, I think Air Force is probably pretty close to it. And I think Army is too. Um, and that we have a separate 501c3 the NAAA, uh, whoever did that, it was brilliant because it, in one respect, uh, but it, 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 it causes funding issues. Uh, but we've been at, managed to do that. So uh, if you look at the budget that Chet's got, I think we're a significant 
part of making that margin of excellence that makes us so good. And it's not, it's not about football. It's about everything else. Football is your window on the world. Okay. That's what really, huh? that's what really brings in the money that supports all the other, all, all the other sports, but the other sports are equally important. You know, you, you, uh, you can't get away from it and you don't have to love football to recognize this, you know, on the festival board for a long time, I spent 30 years at the Fiesta Bowl and the last 10 years on the board of directors, chaired it. And uh, so I know a little bit about, about college athletics. And there's not a president that I have talked with, John, that is, has never has, has said anything but football is my window on the world. It's how I energize my alumni. It's how I uh, create uh, uh, great giving opportunities. It's how I energize my student body. It, it brings everybody together, and, and it's a very important part of what they do. And then you see the results of it in some of these schools and the amount of money that they raise around their football programs. So <clears throat> not only does it develop midshipmen, really good midshipmen, I think, uh, being an athlete at the Naval Academy, uh, but it, it gives us exposure to the world, and it helps us build our brand. Uh, and that, that, that needs to be mentioned because this is a world of branding. And if you don't have a strong brand, uh, you're in trouble in, if you're competing. And we're competing. Let's face it. We're competing with the Air Force Academy and we're competing with, with Army and maybe some other institutions in the country for the best, brightest students that we can get. And our brand is really the thing that drives that. There's a promise in that brand in the Naval Academy. And, uh, and we all have to hold that dearly. But it's supported by the, by the athletes. And you mentioned that promise, Mike. You know, I talk a lot about how the Alumni Association and Foundation likes to focus on the entire person. Like at the admissions office, they talk about the whole person multiple when, when they're considering people for admission to the Naval Academy. And, and in communications here at the Alumni Association and Foundation, I like to talk about the whole person of the alumni. You know, which means that it's not just a focus on four-star admirals and people who served in the Navy for 30 years. Yes, people know those names and they know those people. Um, but, you know, what you accomplished, uh, you know, serving a small amount of time, of course, you had to get out a little bit early because of a medical issue. But, you know, undeterred, you go on to so much entrepreneurial success, you know, that, that came without fanfare. That's just not your style. Um, and you kept finding ways amidst this entrepreneurial success to give back to the Navy. In 2022, a former SECNAV asked you to co-chair the USS Arizona Legacy Foundation, you know, funding the boats, you know, keeling, the christening, the commissioning ceremony. Um, you've been central to that. You've been central at ANSP. You've been central as a foundation board of trustees member or foundation board of directors member. W what you know, what, what made you give back? What made you keep coming back? You were so far away from the Navy. You were making, you know, good companies into better companies and then into great companies, but yet you kept coming back to Annapolis. Why is that? Well, I, you know, I, I don't think you can, anybody that's honest about it that has been through the school and they graduate can say that it has not had a tremendous impact on their life, no matter what you do. Um, and we do have a lot of alums that don't make it a career, but they go out and they do other great things uh, in, the, in the private sector. And uh, in my, my case, I, I was given an opportunity to, to do a lot of startup of companies. Uh, 
but those those are those are those are fun. They're 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 it takes high energy and that sort of thing. But I think at the Naval Academy, you just are imbued with certain things. You know, we we've talked about the secret sauce that creates really great leaders. And I've said to you many times, I think, you know, I I'd walk into a room and people would, would think that I was automatically they find out I'm a Naval Academy guy and they go, well, you're a great leader. And I had to do something really stupid to dissuade them of that. And on occasion I did, <laughs> but you know, that's how, that's how you learn things. So um, I think the experience of the Naval Academy uh, and the piece of cloth that everybody is cut out of that goes there, we all want to serve. We want to do good in life. And if we can do it by staying in the military, we do it. And, uh, and we give it our all and we make lots of sacrifices. If you aren't fortunate enough to be able to continue your career and you, you, you decide to do something else, um, either by your own reasoning or by, in my case, a medical thing, you draw back on everything that the academy gave you. And one of the things that you learned was service. So naturally, everything you do has to serve other people. So you have to be a servant leader. And uh, that's a term that's often bannered about now, but it's a real thing. It's putting other people ahead of you. Uh, and that's what makes, makes good leaders. So if you've got all that, to get, you put that all together, it, it just makes for uh, an attitude. And I, I don't think I'm any, anything special. I'm not any different than, than so many grads uh, that we have that have gone into the private sector and have, have worked hard, been successful, and they've made some money. And what they've done with that money is given it back. They've paid it forward because that's the greatest joy in life. So serving comes from everything you do at the Naval Academy, whether it's in the in the military or it's it's out in the in the private sector or in the public sector if, if you choose to go run for office or something. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but um, it's it's just it's part of the deal. You 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 have a responsibility to give back. Because what you've done in life is a reflection of, of what you did at the Naval Academy, what you learned there, and it's applying it. And, uh, and anybody that says anything different is being dishonest with the job. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Mike, that, that's the perfect way and the perfect theme uh, to end on, you know, from, from the football team to uh, being the brigade commander to the fleet. Uh, to the to the private sector um, and now serving you know your alma mater again in a variety of means and the U.S. Navy in a variety of means. Um, it just means so much to us that you came on the podcast. If you are an ANSP trustee out there, you know remember to give back. Remember to try to motivate others to give back and get involved, knowing that so much of NAAA's financial support comes. You know, not from the Pentagon, but from the Alumni Association and Foundation. And what you do makes a difference. And we just talked to someone making a huge, huge difference for the Naval Academy and the alumni out there. We're going to go to break, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you so much to Mike Hekimovich from the great class of 71. Heko, we'd love to have you back on soon. I'd be privileged anytime, John. And uh, beat Army! Feed Army indeed, sir. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Chris and I are going to talk to the founder of Forever Firsty. It's a fascinating interview. You want to talk about someone making, making it happen in the business world? Mr. Dunn is doing that. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk to Forever Firsty. This is Sync Second. 
All right, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, our very first uh, episode using this new feature, and we're calling it the Alumni Business Feature. Um, great opportunity for us to highlight alumni-owned businesses, alumni-owned efforts out there, uh, and get the word out for them. Um, you know, we talk a lot about it on this podcast. I've been talking about it for years. Ship shipmate self. Um, if you're going to go out there and buy stuff, um, we always we always encourage you to patronize alumni-owned businesses. So patient zero in this effort to highlight uh, alumni businesses is foreverfirsty.com. Uh, we are so happy to be joined by Brian Dunn from the great class of 08. Did submarines when he graduated. Brian, really quick before we talk about Forever Firsty, introduce us a little bit more to to who you are, what you did on the yard, and and how you filled the time before you started this cool new business. Absolutely, yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me. Um, as you said, my name is Brian. Uh, I was class of 2008, originally from Bowie, Maryland. Um, so I grew up just in the, kind of the shadow of the yard. Um, and uh, while I was at the Naval Academy, I was a member of 14th Company. I was the company commander first year, uh, and I ran marathons while I was there, so had a passion for uh, for long distance running and for uh, triathlons, I got into uh, really kind of did a little bit of graphic design all throughout my my time at the Naval Academy, um, and I just tried to continue that after uh, you know throughout my time in the fleet. So, uh, submariner, as you said, um, did the whole pipeline down to Charleston, South Carolina, Groton, Connecticut. Ultimately, served on a boat out in Seattle, Washington, uh, and wrapped up my time in the Navy in 2015, uh, leading the ROTC program uh, out of Old Dominion University. So I've been out now for about eight years and been running uh, Forever Firsty for, for the last several. All right, so introduce us a little bit to Forever Firsty. I've been on there before. Ladies and gentlemen, number one, there's a shirt on there, maybe it's a sweater that says Jolly AF that has a picture of Hyman Rickover on it, which is, by the way, one of the funniest things I've seen. But for the, for the unindoctrinated Brian, Introduce us to foreverfirsty.com. Absolutely. So, uh, so really started a, a similar business here uh, here in Maryland in 2018. That was the start of what became Forever Firsty. Um, that business is still in operation. It's called Well Done Workshop, which is a play on my last name. Um, and we started with supporting local schools and sports teams uh, with personalized engraving, woodworking, those sorts of things. Um, we, we always had the idea, my wife and I, to spin this off and to you know, serve the alumni community in uh, reunions. Uh, and in 2020, we decided to really accelerate that timeline. Uh, we were, the pandemic had just started in February, as everybody will remember, and all the news was breaking about the class of 2020 uh, and the impact to their commissioning schedule. So we said, you know what, no time like the present, let's spin this, this business off uh, to specifically, you know, be targeted toward the Naval Academy and its alumni. And let's try to drive support for uh, for all those families and midshipmen who aren't going to be, be able to make it to the mid store. Uh, and it turned out that there was a huge demand for that, right? As you can probably imagine. Um, and uh, and so now what we've seen is that while we're back to in-person events on the yard, uh, I was just at my my 15-year reunion just a few weeks back for the class of 2008. Uh, we're still seeing a huge demand for this e-commerce play where, you know, folks want to order their, their gear all year round. Uh, with unique designs that are catered towards Naval Academy alumni, fans and fans and family. Um, and, uh, and but even for these big events, right, there's this demand for uh, direct to consumer shipping right out to, to your door so you don't have to carry your swag home from your event. So 
Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the, that was the catalyst for it. And man, we've seen you know great growth year over year since 2020 up through today. And we're excited about where this thing is going to go. It's got to be great growth. I know you just had a meeting with the Alumni Association and Foundation Leadership. Do you really see, you know, kind of niche alumni owned businesses like these kind of taking shape and, and, and staying in the game a little bit more post COVID as people are looking for more niche items, you know, things that have, you know, kind of become more clear to them as consumers over the pandemic? I definitely do. Yeah, I think there's a huge demand for it. I mean, there's so many cases if you're, you know, if you're uh, present on on social media, right, of other alumni associated businesses that are out there, you know, doing some really cool, creative things. And I think that's that's one of the really neat things to see is that, you know, obviously we all had our Bachelor of Science, you know, degree at the, at the Naval Academy. I went on to do the submarine thing, which is very technical. Um, and, you know, I've continued to do that in my uh, in my day to day work, uh, working in data science. But um, you know, there's always that that need for that creative outlet, and I think that that's what you're seeing with a lot of these these uh, businesses that are are popping up from alumni um, is just you know really that outward expression of all these you know fond memories that we have of uh, of our time you know, at the at the Naval Academy and with classmates. And for me personally, I'll tell you, it's been really cool uh, because all these memories right kind of come back. Uh, from, you know, from folks reaching out to us and saying, hey, could you do a shirt like this? Or could you do a design like this? Um, and just being, you know, being able to remain, um, you know, intentionally uh, involved with alumni um, has really been a, a great experience. Well, Brian, I'll tell you what, we we love it. And as I uh, let you go, um, I would encourage people to please visit foreverfirsty.com. We will share all the information about Brian's business um, and all, as I said at the beginning, we always encourage you to patronize alumni-owned businesses uh, helping out our shipmates. Uh, last piece of advice from you, if there's another you know, member of the alumni community out there trying to start a business a little bit overwhelmed with the idea of an LLC or you know, getting on the Small Business Administration, how would you, what advice would you give to other uh, small business owners or prospective small business owners out there who are just getting started? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I would say, you know, the first thing is just start, right? There's, there's, uh, I think oftentimes we uh, see this barrier to entry and that prevents us from action. And one of the things I've always appreciated about, you know, what we're taught at the Naval Academy and, and what you see, you know, great leaders do is, is, you know, take that action, right? And you'll figure out those administrative steps um, along the way. So there's also, there are a lot of folks out there um, you know, who have, have taken these paths before and are more than, than happy to help provide guidance. Um, but I would say that, you know, all those things that you just mentioned, LLC versus sole proprietorship versus, you know, those things are, they're important things to figure out and they're, they're uh, necessary for, for, you know, starting the business up. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to let those things stop you from action. Um, so um, absolutely, you know, get started. If you got an idea or a vision, go for it. And then, uh, and then, you know, rely upon other folks who have, who have been there before. So reach out to folks that you're seeing out there uh, with a common background that are doing uh, what you're interested in doing and, and get the help that you need. Great advice, ladies and gentlemen, from someone getting it done in the battle space. Again, foreverfirsty.com. Amazing stuff from shirts to reunion-based gear to interesting holiday tchotchkes and beyond. Please go on there. Check it out. I love it. Uh, Brian Dunn from foreverfirsty.com. Thank you for being guest number one on our alumni business spotlight. We will continue to highlight alumni businesses as we go forward, helping us better connect, communicate, support, and anchor ourselves to our alumni. Thank you, Brian Dunn. 
We'll be right back. All right, Christopher, we are back. Great interviews. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that sound you heard at the end of Brian Dunn's interview was Chris Cervello crashing the site after buying everything <laughs> that was on there. Right. Um, but uh, but again, if you have a business out there, um, if you're an alumni who wants to get some attention uh, to what you're selling, to what you're doing, to what you're starting, um, please let us help you. Um, you know, the support uh, of entrepreneurship, the support of alumni businesses is central to what we're doing. Uh, it's part of our strategic plan, and it's just the right thing to do. Uh, shipmates, help out shipmates, ship, shipmates, self. Christopher, we're going to take this out. First and foremost, let me talk a little bit about Sunday night um, as I was shaking off the loss to SMU, uh, flew back, got to enjoy the rest of my uh, of my Thanksgiving weekend, amazingly watched the Denver Broncos win another game, five in a row. Uh, we'll see you in uh, see you at the Super Bowl, no big deal. Um, but after NFL football on Sunday, 60 Minutes aired an amazing story. I encourage everyone to go to the 60 Minutes website uh, and look for the November 26th episode, the full episode um, about a gentleman helping Ukrainians overcome grief, uh, widows, orphans um, of men who have died during the Ukrainian conflict with Russia, um, that, you know, there's a gentleman out there who's helping them overcome that uh, by, by mountain climbing, by mountaineering, uh, by getting people away from the grief and, and into uh, the rehabilitative uh, nature um, of being outside. Um, you know, of, of challenging yourself, of, of overcoming obstacles and overcoming mountains, both literally and figuratively. Uh, the gentleman at the center of that uh, is a Naval Academy grad, um, class of 2006 grad Nathan Schmidt. Um, also helping him with that um, is former Navy SEAL uh, Dan Kanasen. Uh, so please, you know, do yourself a favor. If you're looking for 25 minutes of feeling good about what grads are doing out there, Watch this 60-minute special. It is amazing. Uh, Chris, another thing I want to talk about really quick that's happening this week, it's actually happening tomorrow, is Wreaths Across America. Um, this is something that's special to my heart. Um, let me give a quick history lesson to those who were uninformed out there. In 1992, the Worcester family of Harrington, Maine, had a surplus of wreaths during the holiday season. They received assistance from a Maine politician, to have those spare wreaths placed beside graves at Arlington National Cemetery in areas that received fewer visitors each year. Uh, see, for a lot of people alive today, they think that the site of wreaths across every headstone at Arlington and at military cemeteries every year is just a commonplace thing. It's actually a lot younger than you might know. Um, these, you know these traditions were, were very unknown. They were quiet. Um, the wreaths were placed at the tomb of the unknown soldier for about 15 years without any fanfare until a, a photo taken in 2005 went viral. Um, and now wreaths across America, ladies and gentlemen, has global impact. Uh, in 2008, they laid 100,000 wreaths. Um, in 2014, that number grew to 226,000. And ladies and gentlemen, 2022, wreaths across America had grown so much it had placed more than 2.7 million wreaths on the headstones of our nation's fallen at 3,700 participating locations. The Wreaths Across America mission is to remember, honor, and teach. 
Um, I found those three words to be very important in that we do that at the Alumni Association and Foundation every day, remembering uh, our alumni, honoring our alumni, and continuing to teach through the, the Brigade of Midshipmen. And you can see that, that giving back and, and doing things like Reads Across America is very evident, um, you know, particularly through MAG and other organizations like that. Um, Chris Cervello, I know that this is something that means a lot to you as well. I'd like to get your perspective and then we'll take this baby out. So my dad, uh, Chief Petty Officer Anthony Thomas Cervello, is buried at Arlington, Section 54, Site 1520. Um, nothing makes us uh, happy and um, thankful than when these volunteers place a wreath on his um, grave each and every year. Um, you know, especially now that we don't live near uh, Arlington and can't get there as much as we'd like. Uh, this means so much to so many families, whether it's at Arlington National Cemetery or any of the national cemeteries that they participate in. Um, I'm not sure that people that don't have a loved one buried in one of these cemeteries realize just how meaningful this is. So I want to say thank you to everybody that's donated and everybody that volunteers. This is a fantastic um, event and a fantastic charity. Yep, very well said. Uh, Admiral Kacher, the superintendent, uh, and Jeff Webb will be speaking at the event tomorrow um, at the Naval Academy Cemetery. The weather looks like it's going to hold out. At first, I thought it was going to be pouring down rain. And I have been at some of these wreaths things, particularly my last year as the PAO, when Admiral Carter's speech seemed to last like 25 minutes. It was like two degrees out there, Chris. Uh, no bridge coat. Hey. And they uh, are undeterred, John, right? I mean, the, the, the volunteers are and the DVs that come out to kind of kick it off, they are undeterred, no matter how cold it is, no matter how rainy it is, muddy. Um, there's always a smile on everybody's face. It, I mean, this is a special group of people. That particular day, I remember there was like a 10-year-old kid. And, and I remember looking at him because he was about my son's age at the time. And I was like, number one, I was like, where's your coat? And he was like, oh, you know, kids, they're like, ah, I'm fine. Like, it was it was serious, like in the teens. And then I was like, why aren't you in school? And he was like, oh, no, I don't miss Reese across America. Um, that That's that kind of, you know, uh, that's emblematic of, of how special that organization is. Um, I must say, as we go out, uh, that I must convey a, a, a very heavy hearted um, uh, piece of news uh, from this week. Uh, we lost a great leader, Admiral Layton W. Smith, otherwise known as Snuffy. Admiral Smith died this week um, after a long illness. He, he had lived a, a great life. He was a very proud member of the class of 1962, uh, earning his wings in 1964, serving in Vietnam, um, eventually rising uh, to the rank of Admiral, of course. Most notably, he served as our as the chair of our board of trustees for the Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation for six years uh, during the amalgamation when we first combined as an alumni association and foundation. Um, he was also a distinguished graduate who received his distinguished graduate status in 2007. Uh, we wish um, the very best to Admiral Smith's family and remember him uh, for his service um, and his status as an amazing, an amazing uh, member of the alumni of the U.S. Naval Academy. I mentioned that Admiral Smith was a DGA. As we get into next week, we're not only going to be bringing you news of uh, Army-Navy, but we will also be announcing probably Wednesday or Thursday next week 
the new class of distinguished graduates. Uh, we'll be putting that out uh, via an email to all, um, to all grads, uh, as well as via our wave tops. And um, on this podcast, we will be able to bring you news of those new distinguished graduates. So tune in. Next week is a big week. We're doing multiple pods. We're breaking out all sorts of stuff. Um, so stay tuned. As always, Chris Cervello, go Navy, beat Army. I'll give you the final word. Yeah, it's hard to follow that. Um, I, I do want to echo your um, thoughts about uh, Admiral Smith. Uh, when I was at the Naval Academy a long time ago, Admiral Smith had just retired. Um, he retired in October of 1996. Um, and, you know, Admiral Smith had a, I mean, he, he had a turbulent career, right? Lots of ups, lots of downs. I mean, lots of things that people questioned and criticized as anybody's career can have. Um, but what I loved about Admiral Smith was really his time afterwards. He came back to the Naval Academy. He talked about um, things that he thought he had done right. He thought he talked about things he thought he had done wrong. Um, you know, he was uh, the as you said, chairman of the board of trustees. He was on the executive committee at the Association of the Naval Aviation, was on the board at the museum. I mean, and just, I loved when I was down in Pensacola, I ran into him and um, I mean, he just would, you know, have beer with uh, ensigns and, you know, shoot the shit. I mean, he was that kind of guy because he he understood what it was to be a mentor. Um, and I know that there are a lot of naval aviators of all ages um, that are real, were really sad to see uh, the passing of Snuffy Smith. Very well said. Um, I join you in that sentiment. And when we see each other next, I know it won't be for Army Navy, but it'll be soon. Uh, we will raise a glass uh, to Snuffy and go from there. For Chris Cervello, ladies and gentlemen, I am John Schofield. Thank you so much for our to our guests, Mike Hekimovich, Brian Dunn. We'll see you next week for several pods leading up to the big Army Navy game and the revelation of the next class of DGAs. This is the Sing Second Pod. We'll see you next week. We are out.